Before we get started with Patrick and David and Radcast Outdoors episode number two, I want to remind you the show is always made possible by Riverton Company High Mountain Seasonings. You can find more details at highmountainjerky.com. That's H I mtnjerky.com h-i-m-t-n-jerky.com right now if you use promo code h-m-s-10 you get 10 percent off your order that's h-m-s-10 they'll ship their orders anywhere you can get it anywhere you're listening to the show if you're from wyoming you can take pride in knowing you're supporting a wyoming company they're right here in riverton Again, go to highmountainjerky.com, H-I-M-T-N-Jerky.com to find more details on our friends at High Mountain Seasonings, and you can follow them on Facebook. Enjoy the show. Fish on. Hey, Radcast is on. Hunting, fishing, and everything in between. This is Radcast Outdoors. From the Porter's 10-Cast Studio, here are David Merrill and Patrick Edwards. Welcome to Radcast Outdoors. I'm Patrick Edwards. I'm David Merrill. And we're here today to talk a little bit about high mountain seasoning. So I'm going to let David kind of kick this off, but I can tell you I've been using it probably for, geez, ever since I was a teenager. So a good 15, 20 years at least. Um, so it's fantastic stuff. I'm a little more of a newcomer, you know, coming to Wyoming is when I really discovered it. But, yeah, we've got Brian in the studio here, Brian Tucker from High Mountain Seasoning. How we doing, guys? Doing great. Good. So I got to say, you know, I whether it be the fish brine, the jerky seasoning, the seasonings for burgers, I've used pretty much everything. And right now in my fridge, I've got the side belly, the side pork from my go. pigs, mm-hmm. and I've got the bacon cure on it. So... Um, I just want you to tell us a little bit about it. You know, like what are the different things that people can get and just kind of what are some of the big applications that you use it for? Okay. So, I mean, we have such a broad spectrum of products. I mean, the jerky seasonings, sausage kits, uh, burger seasonings like you touched on. We have seasonings to put on top of the bacon once it's cured when you're cooking it to enhance the flavor, the brines, dips, marinades, shakers, too many to name. You know, we're pushing somewhere around 200 individual products. So it's... It's huge. You know, we've been around since 1991, and a lot of times if people are looking for something, we can usually facilitate that. So, um, like with me, the other night I actually did a fried chicken, but I brined the wings, the breasts, everything first for 24 hours, and then I deep fried it. And, you know, usually when you fry something, it traps moisture, but when you brine it, the blood's replaced with that brine, and it was even juicier than it normally would have been. So, it worked out really well. So, um, I'm a fan of all of it. I was a private processor before I came to work at High Mountain and I mean the sausage kits jerky kits they're so easy they sell themselves you know I mean and now we have the pre-made jerky where if anybody wants to try some of the flavors prior to making their own they can do that first too and kind of get an idea and then like okay this would be good on my deer my elk however so. yeah and that's new within the last year that you guys yeah about roughly a year, year, year year and a half yeah. yeah and so and so now people can go down to like the convenience store like i do sometimes on my way to boyson to go fishing i'll stop mm-hmm. at the fast lane and i'll pick up a package of jerky exactly. you know from you guys and mm-hmm. the, like my favorite is the hickory mind yeah, you yeah. i i love the hickory flavor um it just mm, it's just so good i and you know I, i've used hickory for a long time like an antelope jerky deer jerky elk jerky and it's phenomenal um but yeah that one thing that i like about the company is i mean it's local mm-hmm. for one 
Um, you're supporting local economy and it's just, it's better than anything else I've ever tried. Like I've tried some other stuff. Like I picked up at some of the big box, you know, outdoor stores and it's just not the same. Well, you'll find us in all those stores too. And you're like, you know, if you say like Cabela's or Bass Pro, I mean, everyone's going to know who those guys are. So you'll see us in those stores, our own big standalone displays, you know, and they've tried for years, you know, they'd love to have their own brand stand out, but they can't outsell us in their own stores. You know, the, consistent quality that we've been able to produce for the last almost 30 years is what makes us stand apart, you know? And the fact that it's a smaller owned family owned company, we can pay way more attention to detail with that versus having to go up a major corporate ladder and people who aren't even in the same facility every day. They don't, they don't, you know, sometimes don't get it, you know? And then like with our, our owners, you know, Hans and Kim, Hans is a hunter himself. So he knows what, a lot of times what people are asking, you know, what people are wanting. And, you know, we're our own consumers prior to working for the company or even them buying the company. So it makes it a great fit. And so that way, you know, if you were to come in and ask and, you know, not knowing about the product, we're going to be able to kind of see it a little bit more from your your perspective, even so, on a phone call. So going back to your uh, custom meat processing days <clears throat> for our listeners, you know, what are some things that you could enlighten them on as far as harvest field to field the freezer stuff that will help facilitate taking these seasonings and making a better product. So one of the biggest things I always tell everybody, um, field dress the animal right away, you know, get the internal guts, everything out. Cause once that heart stops beating, those enzymes start growing, which grows bacteria, which then allow for mold meat to go bad, anything like that too. And then obviously time of year, get that body cooled down right away. Um, antelope season is a perfect example here in Wyoming, archery's in August, rifles in September, it can be 95 degrees outside. I know guys will shoot a nice buck, want to show all their buddies, they'll drive it around town all day. By the end of the day, it's rot, it's rotten, it's gone. You can't eat the meat, you know I mean? Get it home, get that hide off, get it cooling down because a lot of times people don't realize the hide that's on it, it's just a big blanket. So the body heat that's there is being trapped inside that animal, you know? And um, even in the wintertime, people are like, oh, just throw snow inside the body cavity. What they don't realize is like what the Eskimos do, that snow melts and creates a layer of ice and then becomes insulation. And so it holds heat inside that body, you know, block of ice, cubed ice, something like that. If you're not saving the mount, the cape for a mount, run a seam right up that back strap, not back straps, sorry, right up the spine and open it up almost like a blanket. Let that heat get out. And then it's going to be a much better product. You know, the field prep is huge. Yeah. Like so I was going to ask you about that too, because my wife and I had this huge debate this year because I had an antelope tag. She's like, I want it to taste good. And, you know, I want to make sure it's awesome. And so that was what I did. It, you know, I killed the thing, gutted it right away, made sure to bleed it really good, yep. which I think is another big thing. Yep. And then got it home, picked it up, skinned it out right away, got it cooled down. And I mean, that meat is amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's fantastic. Granted, it was also eating alfalfa. So I, and that might have something that helps, to do with it. Yes. But, you know, <laughs> it well, and like helps. you said, though, you're worried about the taste, say, like antelope. That gets such a bad reputation. You know, the wild game taste a lot of times is poor field prep. It's, it's that meat that sat out too long, you know. You didn't get the guts out right away. You didn't get it cooled down. So that's going to add to some of that nasty taste. It's not what it's eating. It's not the animal itself. It's that. Or then again, but if you overcook it too to where the blood starts coming out of the meat and you get that chalkiness, everyone's like, oh, antelope, deer, it tastes like liver, it's chalky. Well, it's because it's been overcooked. And I always tell people you've killed it a second time, you know. <laughs> and that way, I mean, that's why it's bad. Medium rare is the way to go with a wild game animal. You know, they don't have the fat like a beef cow or anything like that's going to have that you can do these different type of temperatures and cooking and stuff like that. Cause for one, the fat in a wild game animal is nasty. It's, it is chalky. It is dry. You know, the human, humans aren't 
accustomed to eating it, it's gross. And so, um, yeah, don't overcook it. But like I said, field preparation is huge. So, yeah, definitely. Um, so, what are some of your favorite things to do? Like, say with an antelope, like to at home. What what do you use? Jalapeno do? summer sausage. When I'll add in high temperature cheese, I'll get dough tags every year just to make that. So, it's a great pairing. Um, I mean, you can take the back straps too and marinate them, and say our soy ginger marinade, and again do that uh, medium rare cook on the grill or in your skillet, and it's it's almost like melting butter in your mouth. It's it's incredible. I mean, yeah, like you said, yours was off alfalfa, so it's going to have a different taste, different texture, just like, you know, it's going to smell like sagebrush if it's been eating that. But a lot of times you can really enhance those flavors with right seasoning, the right prep time, right cooking. So, but yeah, jalapeno summer sausage with antelope is my go-to. Uh, I like to play around a little bit. We experiment. Like I shot an antelope a few years ago when we developed a hot dog kit and we tested it on that. And that was incredible, you know, and we bring it out for our staff to test these things like taste testers before we even release it to the public. And I just told them all it was pork because they get that stigma of that antelope. And then once they tried it and they were like, okay, this is amazing. Why don't we make this? I'm like, well, you actually are eating antelope, you know, and they get a few names called and all that stuff. But it's one of those things. It's, we don't want to cover the flavor. We want to enhance it and make it an enjoyable experience. So there's a ton of options, however. So, so another thing, um, like I, like you said, it's a, it's a local company. Yeah. One of the things I like is I can walk in there and I can talk to you guys. Oh yeah. Like you guys are accessible. It's not like, you know, it's some corporate office somewhere mm-hmm. where you, you got to sit and wait in line and do all these things. Like it's really cool to be able to walk in, talk to you, talk to Hans, mm-hmm. Kimberly, whoever, and you guys are just awesome people. Well, we love talking to the public. I mean, we're hunters too. You know, we're our own, like you said, we're our own type of consumer. You know, we're not so high and mighty or like position wise, however you want to say it, that we're, we, we're not going to talk to people, you know? I mean, there's times I'm taking customer service calls throughout the day, you know? I mean, I'm in sales, but I'm also talking to people, helping, you know, troubleshooting, taking suggestions, you know? I mean, we met David through a, a project we were doing with our company and it just blossomed from there and then he got to go to a show with us and it, he just kind of got to see how like it is almost like a brotherhood it's I mean you get some of these big high profile people at these shows but they're just like the rest of us you know it's it they're easy to talk to and you know especially like if they want to stop and take time for a little kid that's one of the coolest things you can see like in a hunting industry you, know, you don't see that everywhere so just promoting the the heritage the beliefs the desire that's so. awesome I think it's great that, you know, we spend all this effort and time and energy just worrying about the harvest, right? And you guys have all these products for for the hobby guy at home mm-hmm. after the kill to, to, to create some top quality, you know, premium quality meat products. Well, one of the things about that, too, is, like I said, how I got into, like, the private processing before, I was, you know, using various brands trying to figure it out and do it just by trial and error. High Mountains kits, the instructions are so cut and dry and easy that... If you have a, if you, I mean, you can't really go wrong. And if there's a question, we even have a 20, not a 24 hour, but a, a hotline that goes to like nine, 10 o'clock at night. So if you have any questions, you call that hotline, you'll get me and then we'll be helping you through it. But it's so easy to do. And the product is consistent each time. So, so if you had to pick a, uh, a weapon and a species, the only one you get to go after the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh man, that's tough. You should have asked me this question in a month from now because I got a buffalo hunt coming up and I haven't done it yet. So I don't know. I mean, that could be there, but I don't know. Um, dang. I'm a big fan of the long range stuff. We, I've gotten into that recently. I mean, I've got a couple of kills for the TV shows that we help film and sponsor as well. They're six, 700 yards. And 
I don't know. There's just something about a big mule deer. I just, yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, I, I grew up in mule deer country too, though. You know, it's it's hard to make. It's hard to choose. I mean, can I just say big game? I mean, it's <laughs> <laughs> you you could say whatever you right. want. Right. I mean, it's uh, it's hard. It's it's. I enjoy I enjoy it all. You know, I'll start a little bit of archery in August. And I'll hunt waterfowl through February. You know, just because I enjoy it all. It's just I don't want to pick a favorite. I mean, I like it all. You know, my wife probably would love me to pick a favorite, so I don't have as much hunting gear or decoys or everything at the house. But, uh, no, it's 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 definitely a passion and a desire for sure. I know I kind of led you on that one because I, I knew. But, you know, I'm also non-biased. I've got some nice short-range rifles, some long-range rifles. Right, you know, right. Do the compound thing pretty, pretty heavy. Yeah. But also, I got fly rods and spinning rods. Well, exactly. It's, yeah. You know. <laughs> And you say that, you know, we roll right into after February. I mean, I might have a month off where I'm not fishing. And actually, I'd take that back. We are right into fishing. We make a trip every year to Idaho, you know, and then we make another trip to the Idaho-Oregon border, and then we fish Boysen. We fish, you know, Bass Lake around here. It's just, it's nonstop. And we don't want to leave out, you know, you guys have some great brines yeah. for doing fish stuff. You right. Know? Oh, it's, yeah. Right. It, it's, I mean, you said we had salmon brine, trout brine, you know, gourmet fish brine. Anything you want to do. Like, I did catfish a couple years ago from one of the trips. You know, I skinned both sides of it, and I smoked it on parchment paper in the uh, in my smoker, and it was phenomenal. And it's just, the key is that brine replacing the blood in some of those flays. Whether it's even a duck or a goose to a fish, it's going to be a much better experience, and it's going to enhance those flavors that we you want to taste and not the nasty blood taste. So. Yeah, I think the first one that I used, and this was... And it's been at least a decade ago, but it was the trout. And we had gone up to Sunshine, the two mm-hmm. Sunshine Reservoirs up by Cody. Brought back some real nice fish. I mean, they were like your average 18, 19-inch cutthroat and splake, you know, kind of thing. That's still a good fish. Yeah, Absolutely. and yeah. it's so easy because you take, you take out the instructions. It's like, okay, get a gallon of cold water. Okay, got that. Dump the packet in. You mix it up. You put the fish in. You know, I mean, it's just and, yeah. super, super easy. Exactly. And then, yep. and then a day and a half later, you know, you've got this amazing fish that you can eat up, and people are like, oh, man, where'd you get this stuff? Right, right. It's so good. Yes, no, and that's just it. Like you said, the easy, how easy these things are to do. You know, a lot of them can be intimidating when people try it at first. It's like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to screw it up. I've never done it before. But once they try it, it's just like that light bulb comes on. It's like, I can do this, you know. I mean, that's such a big do-it-yourself movement right now in the U.S. If people want to know where their meat comes from, they want to know how it was handled. You can do it all yourself, right? At your own, in your own home, in your own kitchen. I mean, everyone's got the ability to do it. It's everyone may not have the same equipment as everybody else, but everyone has the potential to do this. It's not. It's not a difficult process. I guess the hardest part for me is the patience and waiting for it to get done, so then I can consume it. So, <laughs> well, in being in Fremont County. Mm-hmm got a lot of people that like perch yep walleye bluegill that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff so what do you recommend like if you were gonna pick one thing that you guys have for white meat fish what would you pick so for white meat fish i i a lot of times just like to cook it just in the skillet like i do a lot of fish tacos with walleye and whether it's with like our cajun cowboy seasoning our actual taco seasoning um, sometimes I'll experiment with our jerky seasons. Like we have spicy lime. I'll take the seasoning out of the packet and not the cure, and I'll use that as the seasoning I'm cooking with. So I'd probably have to say, you know, just something like that for fish tacos. I mean, my wife's from Minnesota. She grew up on walleye, so it's it's a staple in our home. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, so walleye fish tacos, perch fish tacos, crappie fish tacos, 
like I said, generally it's with the taco seasoning or sometimes I'll use a Cajun blend. But for that, absolutely. And yeah. you got me hungry right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's getting towards <laughs> the end of the day. I think we're all we're getting ready to get some dinner. I, I definitely, one season, we we did quite well on waterfowl. Mm-hmm. And, and we mixed 30 pounds of uh, pork suet in with, right. with like 65 pounds of duck and goose and mm-hmm. then pepperoni sticks. And, you know, it was, it was delicious. It's gone. Well, waterfowl gets such a bad rap. You know, it's... It makes great sausage. It makes great jerky. It makes, you know, phenomenal sticks. You were at the show with us last year. Did you, I mean, yeah. I made bacon out of goose breast last year. And I, it was just because we have new kits that we came up this last year, an original bacon cure and a black pepper brown sugar bacon cure. And, uh, you know, just to kind of throw people off instead of just doing pork with it at this testing, I cured goose breast. And it was, people had no idea what it was. And they didn't believe me that it was, I mean, they Dave was right there at the booth with us. He got to see how this reaction went. I mean, I made bacon out of goose. And yeah. It turned, yeah. That's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing. Like, there are so many opportunities for waterfowl for mm-hmm. people who are avid hunters. And I've used, you know, the hickory blend, and I've ground up, yep. you know, goose breasts, and then mix in that jerky stuff mm-hmm. and then smoke it, and yep. it is awesome. Right. Right, and one of my favorites with that is like our Hunter's Blend, which has some hickory in it as well, too. But exactly, it's it's such a oversight or overlooked type of protein that, I mean, all these guys like to hunt waterfowl, but they're like, oh, we got to eat them. Well, what's the problem? I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah, absolutely. So, And I think, uh, you know, something to touch on is, yeah, we all like the big game, you know, mm-hmm. whether it be the buffalo or the moose or the elk or the doll sheep or whatever it might be, you know. But as far as a father, you know, that's... That's a really unrealistic hunt. I've taken my son a little bit, but right. it's it's challenging, right? Mm-hmm. But taking him a day for walleye or taking him a day out in the goose blind, mm-hmm. you know, I can pack extra clothing very easily, have him on a cooler, have him with extra snacks. In the goose blind, he's mm-hmm. contained. He's and warm. He's yeah. warm. You know, we can have a little heater there. So these hunts or trips that some people deem as, you know, less intense or lesser, you know, I think you can, with a little bit of pre-thought and planning, turn them into something that's much more memorable. I have way better memories of, you know, waterfowl hunting with my cousins and my grandfather. Right. We did that every Thanksgiving for years growing right. up as a teenager. We we had one John boat with a motor and canoes on either side with nephews just holding on to the right. one boat, you know, and we're <laughs> getting dropped off and going duck hunting. So you remember stuff like that. I mean, you're also going to remember, too, I would assume that, I mean, you're going to love your big game hunts, don't get me wrong, but these hunts that you do with your kids, you, you know, your son, you're taking them out like that, even if it's a doe, not a trophy buck, that's going to mean more to him, and you're going to remember that more than that giant buck that you shot on your own. I mean, stuff like that. That's why we love getting kids involved. And know? then take the kids home and, and fillet the walleye, fillet the perch, fillet the duck, fillet the goose, and make this snack. Yes. And, and I cannot, oh, you yeah. know, I've got a jerky, jerky shooter gun, mm-hmm. and I, I mean, I like the whole meat jerky. That's yeah. just the way. I, I like to tear and, and eat it that way. But the wife and kids, if I make ground you know jerky sticks it's right, gone they, right. they they annihilate it right. well that's where we kind of came out with the hot dog kit i mean what little kid for one doesn't like a hot dog but then also they can be involved in the process of making it because it's so easy you know i touch on your point too it doesn't have to be a big game hunt take your kids rabbit hunting our seasoning works on rabbits you know it's and they taste good you know i always joke that i'm going to make um snack and sticks out of rabbits and call them jalapeno hoppers that kind of stuff, <laughs> <you> <laughs> <know>? <laughs> but it's but an important thing to remember when you're, you know, scheduling these trips, especially now we're getting later in the season here, and, right. you know, really 
you know, on the big game hunts, it's about success and the goal. And, you know, I have to, I kind of have to leave the kids at home sometimes because I. Right, exactly. They get, they get, you know, left in the, in the sidelines. But, you know, on these little rabbit hunts, if they get cold, you know what? Time to go back to the truck. If, if you schedule and structure the activity around them having fun, whether it's ice fishing and maybe you get out there and get the first hole dug and, they got their feet wet and whatever, and you know what? Okay, we're going to go back. But if you continually build on that, it'll get to where they want to be out there all day if right. you make it fun the first few times. Right, and then you're just preserving that desire and that heritage because, I mean, as outdoorsmen, we're always under fire for something. Even fishermen, hunters, anyone, even people just like being outdoors, there is always something that, we're, that we have a target on our backs for. So being able to continue to grow it like that is that's one of my favorite things to see, you know. And the other one I want to touch on is, you know, we, we're seeing hunters shaming hunters, right? Yeah. And I, I really, you know, yeah, I'm, I, I like to go big game hunting, but mm-hmm. if there's a dad that's going out and he's on a general tag and he shoots a, a forked horn somewhere on the one Saturday with his boy, who am I to tell him that that's not a trophy? Well, and who also too, I mean, maybe that's the only protein they've got in their freezer too at the same exactly. time. Like it's, you know, we're, you can't, like my grandfather always told me, you can't eat the horns, you can't eat the antlers, you know, but you can sure eat the rest of it. And he said, they're supplying food for their family. They're also building memories with their kids. And you just don't know. And like you said, hunters attacking hunters, we're already attacked by everybody else. We don't need to do it to ourselves, you know. Why make it worse? Yeah, we, you know? we need to combine. Whether whether it's archery or waterfowl or, you know, I, I don't care. We right. just need to support each other. Right, that's 100% true, like you said, and it's there's so many reasons why. I mean, and there's so much positive that we can promote from it versus the negative that we have to battle from it versus adding more to it. So, Yeah, and it's nice to know, like for me, that when I'm buying your guys' products, I'm supporting people that are of this mindset that mm-hmm. want to see kids out there. Mm-hmm. They, they want to see the sports grow, and so it's just a win-win. I mean, if, if, if you're buying seasoning from these guys, because, I mean, they're the ones out there doing it. They're pioneering this stuff. Make sure that you have something really good for your table. Mm-hmm. So for our audience, like what's the best way to find your products? So like, tell us, tell us how we can get a hold so, of them. So, I mean, obviously, I mean, anyone's going to be able to have the internet this day or these day and ages. So, um, H I M T N jerky.com is our website. Um, almost any major box store with the exception of like Dick Sporting Goods that we sell in. I mean, stuff like that. It's easy, easy. Most of the mom and pops around the country are going to have us. Uh, you can always call us at our um, in our corporate office, 800-829-2285. Any of us will talk to you. We'll sell you anything you want. We'll help you with anything you want. So, I mean, it's, it's just one of those, we're not afraid to talk to people. You're not going to get the uh, dial center in India. You're not going to get the automated one where you start screaming at it because you can't get a hold of a real person. It's going to be us, and we're going to help you out, you know, and it's, um, if you have a, need a suggestion, we'll help you. If you need a idea, we'll help you. And especially just, if you need something for that sportsman in your life for birthday, holiday, Christmas. Exactly. I mean, we have all sorts of gift type items. You know, I mean, yep. variety packs for jerky. There's five different flavors in those kits. You know, if you don't know what you like, we have options so you can try smaller batches before you do a whole 10 or 15 pound batch. Do two pounds. Try it. You don't like it? Go to the next one. Find one that you like. And now I'm sure you get this question. How come, you know, your, your jerky is only being sold as a beef product? Can you explain? So our pre-made jerky is only as a beef product right now because it's a commercial product. And so you have to have a commercially raised USDA approved meat to do so. Um, yeah, there are some elk 
buffalo, deer ranches around the country and everything like that. But our focus right now is the beef because that is one that is the most popular version of jerky that you're going to find out there. I can't just go out in the field, shoot a deer, shoot an elk, bring it back into our facility, have it processed into a commercially viable product right, because then it's just, we don't know what potential you know and, and also there's or, the, the meat marking hunting mm-hmm. issue right we've mm-hmm. we've outlawed the, the sale of wild meat to right right you know, yeah so. it's i mean it, like you said i see this all the time there's a company that we work with it's out of jackson hole wyoming jackson hole buffalo company they are a commercially raised buffalo and elk company and people are on them all the time screaming about well, how can you sell this how can you sell this well it's just like they're raising them just like we would cows. Yeah. I mean, or chickens or anything like that, you know. And it's just, I mean, if you see a product for sale on the shelf, it's not wild. It, it can't be because there's way too many things, whether like here in Wyoming, the CWD scare or anything like that, potentially, it's got to be USDA approved. And we're not going to sell you something that's going to be bad for you or worrisome. So buy the beef, try it out, make sure you like that flavor. Then go put it on your wild game. Do it yourself. Do it in your own kitchen. You know, involve the kids, involve your wife, involve your spouse, whoever, you know. And there's a level of satisfaction when you go to your neighbor or your friend or your coworker and you give them a piece of jerky that you've you've not only harvested but made the labor of producing. Exactly. And they, you know, sometimes it it doesn't always turn out as as well as the store-bought stuff. But sometimes, you know, when 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 you get it... When you get a few trial runs done, right, it's better than anything right. you can buy in the store, and cost per pound is way, way and down. That's there. the biggest thing, like the whole do-it-yourself movement. You know, like I mentioned earlier, you know, the cost for processing and nothing against those guys, it's just way higher than doing it yourself. You know, I mean, me doing it privately, I would just always do it for landowners who would allow me to hunt, kind of as a trade-off. You know, what charge? I'm like, I can hunt your property for mine. Yeah, I'll do yours at the same time, kind of thing. Saves them a cost, but it's also cheaper for me to do it too. It's just, I mean, versus paying three, four hundred dollars to get an animal processed. I spent $30 in seasoning and kit. And yeah, you have your one-time purchase of if you have a grinder or your knives or anything like that. But other than that, that's one time. That's not every year. And then you can mm-hmm. do it yourself, and you can do it any time of the year. Freezer, and freezer and not to yeah. knock the guys that, that go use a butcher. And, you know, if, if, if you if you need to go that route, be in time, be in whatever, that, that, that's a great route. But I would say, you know, I can remember one of the first or second deer my dad got when I was a kid. We... Uh, we took it to a processor, and I mean, they literally weighed it, and then they went over to the the cooler, right. opened up, and gave. And I want it, my it own, wasn't meat your own meat. Back. Exactly. Yeah. That's some of the biggest complaints we get from people, not about our product, but just like, how can I do this? Because I don't know if I'm getting my meat back from the butcher. And I'm going to say, 99% of them out there, you're going to get it from. They're going to be honest. Some of these guys may not be. I don't know, and I don't. I don't have an example for you. But people are always so worried about it. And then a couple of times you'll see the butcher say, a minimum of 30 pounds to do this. Well, I actually kind of like that because that means they're doing just your meat then. You know, if they do a five-pound batch, there's a good chance the five pounds is then mixed in with someone else's five pounds and someone else's five pounds. And maybe they didn't get that animal. Maybe they didn't get it. Exactly. There goes your field prep. You start worrying because it's going to be like, man, this tastes like garbage that's why i got into just home butchering and then i I got into well now i want sausage and i want pepperoni i want jerky sticks so i gotta branch out and figure out how Mm -hmm. to do this and it's easy you can do it in your oven you don't have to have a smoker to make our products you can do it in your oven and i will i will tell everybody out there with the holidays coming i can tell you from when i was a kid we used to make everything at home like Mm -hmm. we, we would butcher ourselves you know take care of all the meat and then we would make the jerky. We would make all this stuff at home with your guys' products. Right. And, I mean, we were poor, but you know what? You don't need a lot. Like, they're, 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 their products are very affordable. Um, one that I would highly recommend that I use is the Jerky Shooter because I do like to make jerky sticks for my kids. Yeah. 
and the kids love them. They are waiting for me to make something because I, <laughs> I'll admit I'm a little bit behind because I've been processing pigs and doing other stuff right, you right. Know, at the farm but, too. But I mean, with the jerky shooter, you literally take ground hamburger. I mean, if you don't have wild game, you could just buy some hamburger yeah, from the yeah. store, mix in the seasoning, get the jerky shooter gun. It looks like a big oversized cock gun, and you shoot jerky sticks out. Put it. I put it on wax paper, put it in the oven, and, you know, I don't have a smoker, right. and it's right. good. Well, and the kind of cool part is too about those uh, the jerky guns – if you don't have a stuffer, like for sausage, you can stuff sausages with it, whether it's your bratwurst or breakfast sausages or even your summer sausages. You don't have to spend $200 on a giant meat stuffer. You can use the same gun that you use for your jerky to do it. It's, it's That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, we're, we're winding down on this, but I, I do want to encourage our audience. Amazing products, amazing people. Um, super easy to get a hold of. I mean, if you guys are looking for this, it, like it's as simple as this. You go to Google, you type in High Mountain Seasonings, you're going to find the website. No big deal. You can do it that way. You can go to your local store. Mm-hmm. If they don't have it, tell them to get it. Like, I mean, it's really good stuff. Like, I would encourage you to encourage your retailers to pick it up because it is an amazing product, amazing people that own it and operate it. So I would just encourage everyone to do that. So, Brian, thank you so much for being on with us today. Yeah, thank and you guys for having me. This has been fun. Yeah, we'll get together again and talk a little bit more about hunting and meat processing. So. Filming and shooting big game. Yeah, yeah, you can certainly do that. That's always a fun part. Yep. All right, so a little teaser for you guys in the next one. So thanks again. Thanks. And now it's time for the Radcast Outdoors Recipe of the Week. Made possible by High Mountain Seasonings, a Riverton business. Check out their latest seasonings at highmountainjerky.com. That's H-I-M-T-N jerky.com. H-I-M-T-N jerky.com. And use promo code HMS10. That's HMS10 for 10% off your next order. High Mountain Seasonings. All right, so for this episode, I'm going to share with you my secret smoked fish recipe, which a lot of my friends have been dying to get a hold of because they really enjoy it. So one of the things that you'll want to do is you want to catch some of your favorite trout or red-meated you know, fish to eat. Um, this will work with pike and different things as well. Uh, but what I'm going to kind of walk you through is how to make the brine, and go through the process of actually smoking your own fish at home. So uh, definitely make sure that you get them filleted out, cleaned up as as well as you would like to have them. Um, You're going to need a big bowl, a plastic bowl. You definitely do not, I repeat, you do not want a metal bowl. Uh, It will mess up the flavor of the fish. Um, So make sure you have a big plastic bowl that you can put in the fridge. Um, You're going to need these ingredients. You're going to need a cup of brown sugar, a cup of sea salt, one gallon of cold water, You're going to need a quarter cup of Worcestershire sauce, two tablespoons of soy sauce, a half a cup of red wine, and two cloves of garlic that you'll crush. Okay, and so you're going to mix that up in the bowl. You're going to put your fillets in there, and then you're going to put it in the fridge for 12 to 24 hours. Okay, and that's going to get a good brine into it. It's going to allow that salt and those different flavors to actually mix with that meat. Then what you're going to do is you're going to pull it out of the fridge. You're going to dump that brine. You're going to wash off the fillets. I know that sounds interesting, but trust me, if you don't, it's going to be one of the saltiest things you ever ate. So you want to rinse those off good. Then you're going to pat them dry. You're going to put them in your smoker. And I recommend that you use either apple um, or alder. 
um, for fish. I mean, you can use a lot of different woods. Sometimes I even use hickory. Um, but depending on the flavor that you want, you know, use whatever you like best. And then you're going to smoke them until you feel like they're smoked to the way that you would want to have them done. Sometimes I'll also season them a little bit before I put them in the smoker. Uh, a lot of my friends like it when I put some black pepper and maybe a little bit of garlic powder on them before I throw them in the smoker. The key thing is make sure it's cooked all the way. Um, and, you know, once you get it out of the smoker, definitely let it cool down. Um, I recommend if you're going to eat it with something to have some string cheese or not string cheese, but cream cheese and some crackers, uh, something like that with it. And it's absolutely excellent. Um, if you don't have time or all those ingredients, the best thing that you can do is High Mountain makes a gourmet fish brine. And I will tell you, it is absolutely excellent. It's a lot easier to do than mine because you don't have to pull together all the ingredients. But if you go to um, High Mountain store online or if you go to your local retailer and pick it up, it's basically a packet that you mix with a gallon of cold water. And you do the same kind of thing. You throw it in the fridge, let it sit, do its thing, get it out, rinse it, and smoke it. So it's a lot more simple, but those are the recipes for you. Radcast Outdoors is recorded in the Porter's 10-Cast Studio. It's hosted by David Merrill and Patrick Edwards. It's produced by Jared Anderson. To contact the show, email 10cast at county10.com. For more Wyoming podcasts, follow 10cast on Facebook.